just look, I'll get there to that rung and that ladder. And then I listened to a podcast one day where they said, okay, you're aiming towards this rung on that ladder. Does that guy do or have the capability of doing what you aspire to do that, right. that you're working towards? We love talking to couplepreneurs who have built successful businesses. And one of the keys to a successful business is effective marketing. Luckily, Gabby and I run a B2B digital marketing agency called Proofpoint Marketing. Our team specializes in driving profitable revenue for technology and manufacturing companies by diving deep into customer insights. We really strive to understand the customer. We build out the ideal customer profile and personas. And using that, we create highly targeted demand generation and performance marketing campaigns. We are offering a free consultation for our listeners. This isn't just a sales call, and it isn't us simply giving you a canned automated audit report. We are going to do our due diligence prior to the call. The plan is to talk about real marketing issues your organization is facing and discuss potential solutions. Head on over to proofpoint.marketing and get in touch. We look forward to hearing from you. Join us in Mixing Business with Pleasure, a podcast about loving your work and working with your love. Your hosts, Mike and Gabby, are entrepreneurs who have found their passion in both their personal and professional relationship. The pair who swore never to work with each other are now working happily together side by side in love, life, and business. Tune in each week as we feature co-founders who are also lovers and are proving that business and pleasure really do mix well together. Today's guest, Brittany and Ryan Crossan are married entrepreneurs and parents of two from Houston, Texas. Brittany is a fun-loving social media consultant and podcast host. Together, she and Ryan also have a business selling wine. Prior to becoming an entrepreneur, Brittany was an actor on stage and on screen. And as someone who's always been comfortable with an audience, she's found the ability to be comfortable on camera has helped her teach those same skills to other business owners on the social media stage. She owns and runs Fun Love Media, a company that provides social media management, content creation, and email marketing services to other business owners. And if you've been secretly, or maybe not so secretly, hoping to go viral on TikTok, Brittany is just the gal you should talk to. Ryan recently decided to join her in the entrepreneurial life and transitioned from a 24-year construction career in corporate America to being a full-time business co-owner, Inspired by their mutual love of wine, these two own a clean crafted wine business, and we can definitely raise a glass to that. As recent guests on Brittany's podcast, we're excited to turn the tables today and dive into the details of her and Ryan's story as we learn more about their love, life, and work. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of our favorite show, everyone's favorite show on the internet, Mixing Business with Pleasure. We have a really interesting show lined up with these two because we're, take, we're diving into a topic that we haven't yet discussed on the show today, so we're very excited about that. Brittany and Ryan, let's get things kicked off. We do this little thing, maybe you've heard it, maybe you've thought about it, if not, it's all good. Since work and love are both four-letter words, and that's the subject of our discussion today, love and the intersection of everything around that. I'd love to know what are your favorite four letter words? I I have heard of this. I saw this on your show already and I was like, I wonder if I'm allowed to say fuck. (laughs) You you wouldn't be the first. (laughs) 
We've had a few um, F-bombs on the show, and it's, it's, it's all good. So, isn't it so cliche to say that that would be my favorite? I mean, honestly, if you really dig deep into my heart, I would honestly say that love is, but maybe the most fun four-letter word would be fuck. But we always, Ryan and I always talk about like where we come from. We're, we're Texans. I don't know if that's like a thing in Texas, but where we come from, these words are not really offensive. It's like a slang thrown in there, part of your typical conversation. It's very normal. <laughs> It can be an adjective. It can be a noun. It can, Everything. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It can be anything. Well, now Ryan is a four-letter word. That could be your favorite oh, word. Oh, man. Gabby, you're making me look bad. I didn't choose <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. Well, so you guys are based in, is it is it Dallas or H- Houston? Uh, Houston? Houston. Houston. Okay, excellent. Um, I was born in Texas. I have family in Texas, so I get it. Ryan, what's your favorite four-letter word? I wasn't going down that that rabbit hole, but uh, <laughs> for all for all intents and purposes, uh, wine is my favorite four letter oh, word. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's Very nice. We can dig oh, into that. We can dig into wine. What's your favorite glass of wine? Well, it, it kind of changes with the seasons, actually, and what we're eating mainly. But uh, like right now, in front of the TV, uh, just hanging out, it's kind of been Pinot Noir lately. Yeah, um, that's an easy drinking wine. Yeah, this one's gone down a French red path here lately, but I'm still kind of hung up on Spanish reds. Uh, with okay, and whatnot. So I like some Spanish reds. Nice, nice. Mike loves a good Syrah. Yeah. Um, and a, that's not a yeah. Spanish red. It's not a Spanish red, but I'm just saying what you like. You like a good Syrah. <laughs> and I, good. Tempranillo is good. Tempranillo. Tempranillo we really, is really yeah. I like Syrah too, though. Yeah. Or like an yeah. Australian Syrah. Yeah. But right, anyway, about us. Let's talk yeah, about let's, these guys. let's talk about you guys. <laughs> you started talking about wine and we just could go on and on. <laughs> well, I know we're going to get into wine later on. So let's, let's save that for, for a good part in the show. The next question that we'd like, we like to ask everybody is what came first in your life, business or love? Oh, love for Certainly us. Yeah. Love, yeah. Oh yeah. Tell us a little bit about your love story. Go ahead. <laughs> Don't now don't shout all at once here, you guys. <laughs> I would hate to leave anything out. Well, it's <laughs> and he would leave a lot of things out. So I may as well go ahead and tell y'all. Um, no, we we were very young whenever we really officially met. We actually went to the same high school, but we didn't actually know each other in high. I always joke Ryan knew who I was in high school. I'm like, <laughs> you knew me. But um, but the truth of the matter is, is that we did go to the same high school. We're only a, a grade one grade level apart. Um, and, but we didn't actually truly know each other in high school. So it was just only a year or two, maybe two out of high school, still in our same hometown. Ryan was actually friends with my older brother, which in a smaller town, it's not uncommon, you know? And, um, I don't know. I just ended up, we ended up kind of in the same places at the same time. And I took notice and I thought he was cute. And then, um, when we started dating, I, I will never forget like the, the hard time they gave my brother. Like, <laughs> like we, I remember this one time we walked in and my big brother is, he's so sweet and everything, but like, man, they, they really gave him a hard time. We walked into this, this bar one time that was having karaoke that we would all go to. And we came in together and everybody on and on just was like, Oh my God, Zach. And they called him Crossin, not Ryan. Crossin's dating your sister. <laughs> and just yelled it across the bar. My poor brother was like, shut up, you know. Um, 
So yeah, that's, that's really how it all started. I was only 20 and I just turned 40. So it's been a while. Well, congratulations. You know, Mike and I joke, so we did not go to the same high school. I did not even live in Minneapolis growing up. I moved here about 10 years ago in, in 2010. And so Mike and I always joke, you know, if we knew each other in high school, I don't think we would like each other. I don't think, not even in college. I think, I think in college we were so different. We were so, you know, often different paths in our lives that we met at the right time and it was it was just like the right moment the right time the right place and right. it all sort of happened which is kind of funny how that happens right we we still don't know exactly why we like each other or how <laughs> Just, you know, I, I joke about it, but it's just because we're so opposite. Like my, one of my big jokes about Ryan and I is I always say he's a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> I mean, we, we are very, very different. I mean, he's a, he's a Texas loving, hunting, fishing, outdoorsman, da, da, da. Somebody might say, you know, a twist of redneck in there. Um, although he's very well-rounded. I love you. But no, but, and I'm not, I'm like, oh my God, there's bugs here. I'm out. You know? <laughs> So we're we're so opposite, but maybe that's just why it works. I don't know. That's funny. I don't I don't do any of the hunting or the fishing really, but the the camping and the hiking and the outdoor stuff for sure. And Gabby's just like you. Yeah. Yeah. Tents, it, bugs. It, yeah. Like take me to a nice hotel with a robe. Okay. Right. Like I could even do a cabin as long as there's <laughs> running water, you know, and I can put on a pot of tea at the end of the night. Like I'm okay. So, so I, I totally get that. And that's funny. And Mike changes his persona. Like I always say when we're going, let's say we're going on a hike somewhere, we're going outdoors or we're doing something, you know, outside of work. I always say, oh, here comes Outdoors Mike. You know, Outdoor Mike is a different guy. He's rough and tumble and he's got his, you know, his boots and his Patagonia and he's got his Under Armour stuff and he, Outdoors Mike, like you just, that's a different guy. Um, so <laughs> so I, I totally get Outdoor it. Mike, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, Outdoors Mike is like, but, but he's very hardcore and sometimes I'm just oh. like, just like Outdoors Mike, you are too much for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably couldn't hang with Outdoors Mike. I'm not sure. <laughs> it, it, takes, it takes a lot of wine. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I want to talk a little bit about something, what I think is really interesting to explore because I think a lot of couples today are going to find themselves in a very similar situation. There was a lot of tough years with Ryan's job in construction that put a lot of strain on the family having to uproot and move sometimes or having Ryan be away from the family for an extended period of time. And now you're in this point of your life in this season where you're like, I don't want to do that anymore. We want to be together. We want to start a business together. You have a wine business together. Now you're both working from home. Let's talk a little, let's kind of go back in time and talk a little bit about those early years of Ryan's world of, of corporate America in construction and tell us kind of what that looked like in your marriage, what, what that looked like for you, Brittany, as a professional, and then also with your kids. How, how did all of that sort of come together and, and eventually lead you to where you are today? So, yeah. so I think uh, I wound up in construction just because where we come from, it's a small town uh, career day that I often joke about. Sometimes I'll see this really cool or interesting job and I'm, I'm thinking, what the hell was this guy on career day? Cause <laughs> all I knew was plant workers, build things, uh, retail, uh, yeah. restaurants, stuff like small, that. Yeah. Small town stuff. Yeah. So I started in construction around 97 ish and 
really, really got into the corporate side of it or working with the the higher end of it, I would say what, 2012 ish. Yeah. So whenever you started traveling, that's really when, because it was a promotion. That's why he started moving around for work and, and leaving. Because right. it was a good opportunity financially, you know. Right. And, and so basically the the first gig was they, they kind of always joke around and say, lured me into this. They were like, hey, you're going to West Palm Beach, Florida. And I thought, awesome. This is great. <laughs> I, I've always wanted to go to the beach, like like where they got clear water and, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and we don't so, have that here. <laughs> right. So, so <laughs> I got a rude awakening and they were my, my company was like, Hey, guess what? You're going to somewhere not nearly as attractive. It was like a tiny, tiny town, tiny town, yeah. no major airports. Yeah, I had to drive, yes. I had to right. drive 45 minutes to find where we banked at. You know, I mean, it was just this <laughs> colossal. And all the while I'm back at home with Rowdy, who is just about to turn one, our first baby's turning one. I'm working part-time with him, you know, it was crazy at home, but we were like, this is an opportunity. We have to sacrifice and do this, you know? Right. So from there, it just, you know, we went from project to project and there was, there was Mississippi, there was Georgia. Yeah. Right. There was West Palm beach after Florida. that. Finally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was a little bit of a bait and switch. They told you, Oh, you're going to go to West Palm, but first you're going to go to this podunk town catch, in Florida. Very long to catch one, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also though, he says, man, it was, it was neat to get to work in West Palm beach and live there, but I was by myself. Like it's kind of, you know, it's not, there's a golf course on every corner. I mean, but it's, you're alone. So it's right. not the same. It really isn't. But yeah. But anyway, that was the roughest part. Like the Mississippi job, I could drive home every weekend. Um, It wasn't near as far. Georgia, you had to drive two hours into Atlanta to catch an airplane. Yeah. To then go to Houston. Yeah. So he would be away. He would be away from Rowdy and I for um, two to three weeks. Weeks at weeks at a time. Month. Which we're really close. So that was like. I'm not the wife that's like, see ya, I want my alone time. I'm like, you know, I'm the needy one that's like, let's hang out, you know. So it was really hard for him to not be around for me to have this first child, you know, by myself working part time. Luckily with family, I worked in the family business, a business owned by my dad since I was a teenager. So luckily that was nice because. So entrepreneurship seems to be a theme that runs in the family. Oh, totally, totally. And uh, yeah, and my dad, I was just on the phone with my dad yesterday asking him business advice. Like we're still, we're very close. Yeah. So luckily I did have that while Ryan was gone. I did, at least I wasn't working with strangers. I mean, I was working with people that cared. Sometimes I would have to take Rowdy with me to work. Sometimes one of his grandparents could keep him. It was just like wild, like day to day, like who knows what's going to happen. Just figure that shit out. You know, you got to, cause Ryan was gone. Right. So, so pretty much that was, that was the roughest end of the traveling part because then came Kentucky after we were done with, with some of the work at home stuff. I worked out of the main office in Houston for a little while and one of the remote sites less than 40 miles from the house, you know, it was, that was pretty good. But then I remember right around Christmas one year, I thought, all right, this is the first Christmas I'm getting to spend at home. This is going to be great. I don't mobilize to my next project till after the New Year's. Like spend at home. Like he would come home for Christmas, but it was just a visit. You were actually home. Right. 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 Like staying home. Yeah. Like all my belongings were, were not scattered in another yeah, state he, he somewhere. Would, right. He would and, stay in a travel trailer whenever he was. Uh, anyway. So I'm, I'm thinking, oh, this is great. This is awesome. Well, 
my boss's boss's boss took interest in me at some point in this little stint around Christmas time one year, the year that I thought I was going to get to spend at home. And he, he walked over to my cubicle and he looked at me. He's like, Ryan, how's it going? You know, <laughs> small talk, chit chat. And I'm like, all right, this is great. And he's like, um, one thing, um, do you know where uh, Delaware is? And I'm like, I could probably point to it on a map. Where are you going with this? <laughs> and he's like, well, I need to get you billable and we need you to go up there for two weeks. You fly into Toledo with two engineers and y'all look at a project that we're bidding. Then you go back to Delaware and then you can come home for Christmas. It's like, and this is like the Texas dude going there in the winter. (laughs) I immediately looked it up and I mean, so so the only kind of winter, the only kind of boots you had were probably cowboy boots, right? (laughs) No winter yes. boots. Yeah, <laughs> cowboy boots and like snake boots for hunting. That's about it. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so anyway, I mean, just a little sidebar on that was we hit Toledo. That was the coldest I think I've ever been <laughs> in my life. We we went to the project. We looked at it, and that evening when we got back to the hotel, the the sign out there was blinking like negative ten. And I I walked into a Texas roadhouse and Toledo restaurant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think the town was actually called Lima. Or something like that, Lima. Anyway, and I said, "Man, that sure is cold." And the waitress said, "Oh, that's that's not even with the wind chill figured in, and uh, it's supposed to get colder tomorrow." And I'm like, "I need to be on a plane out of here. This is crazy." See, Mike and Gavin here in Minnesota, so they're like, "Yes," and <laughs> that's that sounds about right. <laughs> normal life. We hate it. But we do yeah. not like the winter. But let me tell you, just quick quick note on that: it gets to negative forty. In Minnesota with, with the wind, wind chill. with the wind, with chill. wind chill. yeah. No man, uh-uh. no. Look, I like the cool air, but that's, that's no. It's too. At that point, we're just uh, staying indoors. We're not going uh, out, right? Ryan, you mentioned seeing these like cool careers and whatnot. Going, where was this guy in career day? What like, if you had to go back and you could have had one of those people on career day, like what would be a career that you would have loved to do instead of construction? That's tough, man. There's a laundry list of those guys. Uh, <laughs> Um, I don't know if I would have traded it for really anything looking back at this point, just because we always hear don't regret anything, you know, your, your past shaped this, that, the other, but I would have certainly, (laughs) certainly probably told somebody to stick it along the way a lot sooner than, than what I did. Yeah. Yeah. If you had if you had thought about that, that you could. Yeah, that's a good question, Mike. If I had to narrow it down, I mean. Once upon a time you said you want to be a police officer. Is that still true? <laughs> wait, well, oh, wait, maybe not now. Let's, let's not talk about that. But you know well, what I no, mean. Well, no, like a U.S. Marshal yeah. or uh, uh, something like detective. Like, detective some, like something you something. see on the movies where they do all the cool stuff and they go get a bad guy or something. Yeah, I, I never had interest in writing police, uh, like speeding tickets right, and school right, zones right. and crap like that. Well, so, okay, so get to, so now we, he's been going all over the place, including Delaware. And then we get to where we're actually all going to move somewhere together. So like oh, yeah, for yeah, years, yeah. it was just Ryan going and leaving us behind. Right. So we established <laughs> this. We were just like, we're, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. We, we didn't want to be apart anymore. It's, it's crazy. So, let, let me ask a quick question. And because I think there's something interesting that we want to dive into here. What was the toll on the marriage? You know, what did corporate America 
do on for your marriage in terms of, you know, Brittany, you said that, you know, you want to be with Ryan, you want to spend time with him, but he's constantly traveling. Ryan, you're, you know, trying to sort of go up the corporate ladder, if you will, opportunities are presenting yourself, you're saying, man, this is something we can't pass up. But so often we let our jobs, our bosses, quote unquote, corporate America, dictate what our lives need to be. Yeah, I certainly have my opinion of it, but I mean, I, no, no, I wanna, no, go ahead. Okay, well, I mean, I think there was a healthy balance of uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. There was a little bit of that. A little bit of that. I think we were really good sports about it. We really, honestly, I high five. Yeah, we were really good sports it's, about it. Seriously, like, I mean, we really could have been down. Yeah, the I mean, because in, in this industry that I, I, w- I was working in, it was very apparent that you're not bona fide through and through if you're not on your third, second wife, something like that. Uh, yeah. got kids scattered all across the country. And it's not a knock on these people. It's just... It's a lifestyle. It's, yeah, it, it really it's is. It's kind of inevitable. And Ryan was starting to see that as the years went on. And he had his own children. And he's like, oh, this is a pattern with these people. <laughs> Maybe we need to do something about it. But I don't think that... I don't know that... God, now, I'm so glad you asked that because... I, I should be extra thankful that it that we did handle it well and that our relationship continued to be good. Yeah. Um, but it, it but it was sad. That's what it was, I think. That's yeah. that's the feeling in our family. It was not anger. Nobody got super mad at somebody for, you know, any more than, you know, usual. Um <laughs> it was really sadness because we we love each other like any um loving husband and wife, but Ryan and I really we like each other and we're we it's it sounds so cliche, but we are like best buds. We are best friends and we really like to hang out. And so it was very sad to not have that person there. Do you feel now your kids were probably really young at that point, mm-hmm. but do you think that there was a, a strain on your kids of not having dad around constantly? Yeah, probably. Rowdy was so little. He was a toddler when all, and, and kind of a preschooler. Yeah. But I do think so. I think that I think that he I think that we 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 kind of, I think we kind of put the brakes on it like just in the nick of time. We came to this realization of like he's getting a little older now now he's having a little sister. We got to stick together. This is going to go too far because we knew if it went to where he got older, it wouldn't be what we would want. Maybe some families do, but Right, right. It's, you know, he he wanted to be with his daddy. Yeah. You know? But after Delaware, that wasn't that wasn't the end of it. I remember we worked on a project just north of town a little bit. Did that job for for about eight months, and then my boss, I, I I went back to the office for a little bit, and then my boss walked in one day, and he was like, "Well, we just fired a guy up in uh, Border, Texas. Uh, we need you to go up oh there." Oh my god, I forgot about this one. You guys, the list like, goes on to these locations. Y'all don't know where that is. It's in the Panhandle. Yes, it's like it's in the Panhandle, and he there. said. He said, so we're putting you on a project up there or Kentucky. We don't know exactly where we want to go. And I was like, okay. So I remember getting on the phone, leaving the office that day and got on the phone with Brittany and said, well, I guess I'm quitting my job. And she said, do what? (laughs) And I was like, well, uh, my boss just told me that we were either going to Borger or Kentucky and I'm just not doing that. I'm sorry. And she's like, well, no, you don't have to quit. We're just going to pack up and go with you. And I was like, I know something came over me and I was like, All right. I was like, 
we're just all going to go. <laughs> we're just going to, and we just bought that house. Yeah. Like we'd only been in that house. It was such a cute house for like a year and a half, which as a homeowner, anybody out there that's a homeowner, you know, that's not really that long to be in a house to turn around and sell it. But when I just, something came over me, there was a gut instinct when he told me that. So at this point we had just had Romy, our yeah. daughter. I mean, really that year, Yeah, she right? Was she was six months old or something when he, you know, told me this information. And I was like, you got to go to Kentucky. We're all going to Kentucky. We're packing this shit up and we're selling this house and let's hit the road. We're not going to be apart anymore. So Ryan, you earlier in the conversation, you said, man, I wish I would have stuck it to my boss earlier. And, and you just said right now, you're like, oh, I'm going to quit my job. So clearly there was some dissatisfaction in your career. Even, even at that point. And Brittany, now I can imagine, I don't want to assume, but if I'm you, this is what I'm thinking. I've got two small kids. My husband wants to quit his job. How are we going to pay for this shit, right? How are we going to do? So your inclination was, nope, we're gonna, you're going to keep the job and we're going to move with you. Now, right. was there any point of reflection in there where, where, you, where either of you really said, you know what? No, this job isn't what I want. And I don't want to keep having to move or uproot my families. Do you think that at any point in time you would have made that decision sooner to, to, to leave construction or maybe find a different job? I, I know it was always in the back of our mind, but... It was, but I think because it was... <clears throat> it's interesting, the timing of it all, because it was happening while we were just having babies. And there was there's no school they're oblivious to everything yeah so we we you know we did feel like we had the the choice because we didn't have to go by a school schedule we could move we and and we did look at it as an adventure and funny enough that was five years ago looking back it's honestly one of the best years of our lives it was a lot of fun. you know so so while it was hard and the corporate america thing was was it's just not easy in general as you guys know it really we really somehow just twisted and turned it into this beautiful experience. And we just did it because we were together. That was the difference. We were together. When we were right. apart, it was sad, but we were together and it was hard, but at least we were together. What, what's one of the biggest lessons that you take away, that each of you take away from Ryan's career in, in working in corporate America? What's yours? <laughs> that, um, <clears throat> that, all uh, large uh, corporations need to have a spend the day with a small business owner because um, they're going to learn a lot of shit. <laughs> um, you know, that, I, I, he would tell me, because as a business-minded person, he would tell me stories about something that happened at work. I don't even know. And I would be like, why are they doing it that way? Look, I know I'm just little old me and they're this huge company, but that's dumb. <laughs> Let me tell you how to do it efficient, efficiently in the small business world. So I actually went into it with a business approach a lot of times. I would try to be like thinking of how you could do it better. And I actually learned, learned a lot from it, but I didn't like, I'm going to be protective over him, right? So if, if, I, if he ever came with a story of where it seemed unfair, which there were plenty of them, I, I kind of get pissed. I'd be like, you know, I'm this nice girl that like I've never been in a, fight in my life. I'm like, don't let me run into that guy. I'm going to tell him, you know, I'm <laughs> probably all talk, but that's how it would make me feel emotionally whenever I felt like, cause I know him and I know his heart and he's trying so hard and we're sacrificing everything and we're moving across the country and doing all these things. And then you have the nerve and go and tell my husband, whatever. So I would be very protective all the way up until the last moment, two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> 
What happened two months ago? Well, he's another victim of 2020. Lost his job two months ago. Yeah. Yeah. It just and and that just seemed like the final stake in the ground. The final just you know what? Well, because for years we have been talking about several years. We just like I already was working at home for the past several years and really making my own thing. And we just like God, wouldn't it be amazing if you if you did that too, babe? Like then we just do our own thing. We don't have to rely on these other people and we can live where we want and how we want and be with our children. And you would actually get to like, you know, drop them off at school. And for years he missed that. And it's sad. Right. And I, I also started realizing like, okay, there are things in life that I want to accomplish. I want to go say hunt in these far off destinations. I want to go vacation where I don't have to walk through a cattle line in order to get on an airplane to go to wherever I want to go. He's talking um, about private jets, everyone. Yes. Um, <laughs> there, I, I love going and eating at fine dining restaurants. I can order off the best wine lists in the world. Yeah. Uh, I just want to go and experience all and these have things. that freedom and not be locked down. But, but with that being said, I'm climbing this ladder, going to a certain destination, and I was listening to a podcast. It was... <laughs> one of the myriad of podcasts that I listen to of you can do better. Just keep digging, keep grinding, keep getting after it, you know? And I, I had that mentality forever. Just look, I'll get there to that rung and that ladder. And then I listened to a podcast one day where they said, okay, you're aiming towards this rung on that ladder. Does that guy do or have the capability of doing what you aspire to do? That, right. that you're working towards do do they do the things like do they go to these restaurants do they go yeah you know hunt and do they, have, long places? Do they go and get to do what they want with their family and yeah, yeah. do they have the vacation all this stuff that you know that we want to have and i got to thinking i was like the answer was no yeah so no. It, it's so i think we can say that a podcast changed your life <laughs> Right? Pretty much. It, <laughs> right? It, it certainly shined a big light on right. my pathway going down this way. Right. It, ultimately, yes, I could wind up with all these things, but am I going to be 65 at retirement age when all these things are laid out to me? Right. Why am I putting all my eggs in that basket once I cross that finish line? I'd rather enjoy them the whole way getting there. Right. So, and whenever he called me that day, you guys, whenever he lost his job a couple months ago, I, you know, and again, we have been talking about this life we wanted to live. We'd already been talking about it. How can we figure it out? How can we increase Brittany's business to make more money so it can take over? And, you know, all these things you talk about. And this happened. And we were like, he calls me and he tells me, and I, he said, is this, do you think, what do you think? Is this our, is this our, our opportunity? And I was like, yes, it's our opportunity. No, Brittany, you were fuck yes. <laughs> yes, I was like, fuck <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Sorry. I yeah, know I really was. And it was just like, it just gave me chills saying it like, because they pushed us into the deep end, which is where we wanted to be. And I think that that's just how it was meant to work out because when you, when you, your family relies on that certain paycheck, that certain situation, that certain lifestyle. And I don't know. It's it, it. It sometimes it takes something a little extreme happening. Right, you need to, to jump off the diving board, or somebody, or somebody cuts it some, off right behind. Or, you, yeah, so. yeah, and they cut it off, and and you know what? That's okay because this is the life we wanted anyway. It's just not. It, it. I always say this to people. 
is that you, you can still reach the same destination. It's just that your journey is probably going to change. I mean, it's not, the path is not going to be exactly what you had thought it was going to look like, but you can still get there. And that's what we've decided to do. So instead of him, after losing that job, going and frantically hunting for another job in construction, corporate America, we just said, nope, we're not going to do it. And it's scary as hell. And mama's been hustling the past couple of months, but my garage looks really clean. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, you guys, Ryan has gotten to take the kids to school every single day. He's gotten to pick them up every single day. He helps them with their homework, which he, he may not be super excited about, but he understands it's, it's precious. It's precious time. It's precious moments. They're six and nine. They're still little enough to like want to hang out with us and it's beautiful and it's absolutely wonderful and no big corporate job, paycheck, anything even compares to that at all. And if it means that we have to work our butts off and everything for the next year to it, kind of make up for it. So, so tell us about that. I mean, you, you, you kind of alluded to the fact your mama's been hustling. So what's, what's business been like? What have you been, what have you been doing? <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit about Brittany, about fun, love media. How did you get into that business? Why did you get into that business? Tell us a little bit about that. So Fun Love Media has been around for officially almost three years. We're a couple of months away from that. And before that, it was kind of like freelance random work that I was doing. So my lifetime background is as a performer. I grew up as a dancer, as a child, and I started doing acting. I've done just te- stuff here in Texas, film, television, lots of theater, lots of musical theater. And up until... Well, when I started Fun Love Media, I still was like, I still got to figure out a way to make this performing career happen. Like, this is my lifelong dream. And I'm a, I'm a dreamer. I'm a, I'm a mushy. And I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm going to make this happen still. I may be 30 something with kids. But I, I, I took a, I, I really took a liking to, or actually fell in love with social media whenever it really got to be more popular, probably eight years ago, whatever it was. And I thought, this is amazing. I have an audience of, the world like jackpot for an actor right we just want attention i guess but it was so fun it was so fun so i started experimenting with it i had a couple of little side businesses you know whenever our kids were babies so i would try to like you know market it on social media and i was learning and i was really stumbling through it but having so much fun because i mean come on i love a camera and so we um, i really enjoyed it and i started having these business owner friends recognize that i was good at doing social media stuff so they would ask me if i would do stuff for them. Like, please, I'll pay you. I've never been in that position before where somebody's like begging me that like, please take my money because I don't know how to do social media and I really need help. And I was like, Ryan, these people want to pay me to do what I was already doing <laughs> and having fun with. This is amazing. So I started taking random work from friends that were business owners and just kind of gradually got into it and realized this is a thing this is a thing and I'm good at it and people want to pay me. So I officially formed it as a business almost a few years ago and it's, it was a slow, slow, slow growth for a long time because that's how our life was set up, right? Ryan was the main breadwinner, corporate America doing his thing. I was still the primary caretaker of our kids. So I could only work so much. I literally didn't have enough hours in in the week to do much more. And it gradually has grown very slowly 
actually. And it's been great. I do, if, if you're not familiar, I do um, social media management, content creation, social media marketing, consulting, coaching, a lot more on the creative side of things. As you can imagine, as a performer, I really like to help people brainstorm creative ideas, things that they want to create for social media and sharing and also personal branding. Like how, cause that's another thing I think it served me all those years of acting and acting classes. I never thought they would serve me this way, but it helped me realize how to present something to an audience, how to get them to, to react the way that you want, hopefully the, for them to react and the Im- incredible impact you can have on people. You can have on an audience if you, if you want to, and if you're willing to do it. So that's why I think it's just so beautiful and it's grown. Thank goodness in 2020, I've gained more clients. And like I said, I started really hustling a couple months ago. <laughs> And the timing couldn't be better. <laughs> so I was like, we got we to gotta get even more <laughs> clients. And luckily now I have a very small team. My brother is um, my podcast editor for the Social Sunshine Podcast. I have a virtual assistant and we're slowly, you know, growing and doing cool stuff. So what's the, I got two questions. First is, you kind of mentioned a small team. What's the... What's the growth plan, if you will? Like, obviously, you're in a service-based business, so you can only do so much of the work until you cap out. Are you are you going to be hiring on a team? What's the what's the plan? I want Fun Love Media to grow. You know, it's interesting if whenever you're in this space and you're um, in online marketing and you're literally on social media all day because it's uh, my job, you see a lot about scaling businesses. So that, you know, because like you said, you only have so many, so much time yourself to provide services. And there's a lot of this online course stuff and all that, which is a cool world. Um, I did, so I, I kind of came up with my own thing. I, I decided to start a, a monthly membership for small business owners so they can be a member. It's called Small Biz Social Society. And I'm literally just every single month, just tossing out trainings and tutorials and information on social media marketing that really applies to people that are more like go-getters. They're ready to really amp it up, but they're doing it themselves. They want that help and it's inexpensive. So that was a really great way for me to grow because I can help a lot of people at one time if they're, if they're within a membership and it's fun too. It's a group of people. You're kind of there for each other. And it's like this camaraderie. I, I really, really have enjoyed that. And I just started that a few months ago. But also... So I want to, really quick, I want I want to point that out because I think, you know, what, what I said in the beginning, the way I phrased the question was, that's the typical way that service-based businesses will scale, yeah. right? Is, okay, we got to hire more people, et cetera. And then you're, you're kind of, you're chasing scale that way. But what you just talked about, I think, is something that I think is often forgotten. I mean, I, I mean there's a pretty big community out there that does courses and things like that. But the subscription model, I think, is n- newer to the service-based business world. And I think it's, it, I want to emphasize that because I think that is a way that people can scale their time. Right. It's the one-to-many kind of thing. And you're not going the course route necessarily. It's not a, you're not, pr- you know, you're not promoting a new course every whatever it is. Right. Six months, nine months, 12 months. It's, it's a subscription, which then gives you that recurring revenue that you want from, a, you know, in terms of clients but you're then able to get a lot of smaller clients. Right, but- exactly. Well, and, and also what the, the beauty of it is that, like I just, like I said, I just started this, uh, you know, two or three months ago. It's a very new membership, but like, so now with only 25 members, it's the same amount of work just about for me to help 25 small business owners as it is for me to help 25,000. I mean, would I need some help with customer service? Of course, you know, and you do, you, you have to adjust and you're going to have to have some sort of help in these situations. But 
for the actual work I'm doing. It's just very smart and it's going to help a lot of people. And I always, as somebody that, you know, I aspire to be a, pro- a professional actor and performer, what I really realized later, and this might help somebody whose life didn't quite pan out, their career didn't pan out exactly what they thought. What I realized later is I had to dig down to why. Why did you want to do that, Brittany? What's the deal? And how can you still do that in a different way? And what it was is I I wanted to help and impact as many freaking people as possible, millions, and have this positive impact on them because I felt it in, in my soul that it's my calling. And it's funny. It's just ended up I think I'm doing it in a little bit of a different way. Not, not I think. I'm definitely doing it a different way than what I thought. But you can still help so many people. And that's why the membership was so appealing to me because I was like, wow, this is amazing. I could have a 1,000 members and do good for that many people instead of just being like, well, <laughs> I'm just taking my you know, regular clients. It's, it's really amazing. But I do, I do like the idea of growing Fun Love Media as an agency. I do like that as well. I love the idea of, because I think because I come from the background of a small business, I love the idea of employing someone and, and that knowing that that literally fed their children because I, I helped do that. To me, that's just one of the most wonderful, beautiful things you could do in business. That was an epiphany that I had when we started our company. We hired our first few employees. I, I looked to Mike and I said, you know, there was, there was a number of things that I could have said. I could have said, wow, I'm a boss or wow, I feel like a legitimate company now or, oh, I'm a big boss lady, whatever. You know, any, any of those things could have come into my head. But I looked to Mike and I said, we are giving somebody their livelihood. We are, we are paying for their salary. That means they have money. They have food on the table. I mean, look, are, are, are we the only company in the world? No. Are they going to find another job if they leave? Yes. You know, all of that. But for the time that, the, you know, our, our employees are with us, it's an amazing feeling to know that, you know, not only am I supporting myself and my family as a business owner, but I'm also supporting other people. I'm contributing to, um, to, to the, the, the national economy and to taxes and all of that stuff in, in, in a significant way. And that was very exciting to me. It is. It's very exciting. I want to ask a quick question here. Now that Ryan is home and he's working on your wine business and he's taking on some of those responsibilities with the kids that he may have missed in his career, what has Ryan be, being home and working allowed you to do in your career that you maybe weren't able to do before? Oh, tons. It's, it's, it's incredible. I've never known this life. I've never, <laughs> known, I've never known this life of like, you know, putting a little bit more priority on, on my work. I mean, I, I'm a mother through and through and my kids are always a priority, always probably, you know, until I'm 95 years old, but yeah, being able to kind of up that because Ryan, I mean, he's really, we really, we, we switched places. I was do, I was part-time work for like the main caretaker of the kids. I have a little less patience than this one, but um. <laughs> I am a little nicer. I'm just going to go ahead and <laughs> give myself that, but yeah, no. So, but now he's the exact same situation. He's part-time work, more of like the primary caretaker of the kids. And we really have swapped, but honestly, I've got to give him some credit. He's done really good. Cause you guys, y'all know 2020 has been crazy, right? The, here where our kids go to school, the first few weeks of school, no matter if you were going to choose to go to school in person or virtual, everybody had to go virtual for the first three weeks. And 
So, and I, this was just recently and I was doing this hustle thing like, okay, got to work on business, got to grow it, make more money. Ryan, it was totally up to him to handle both of them simultaneously doing virtual school with screens in front of these kids, with the teachers telling them what to do all day down the hall. I would hear Ryan back and forth between the kids' bedrooms, you know, having to help them with their stuff. And honestly, considering that you're not used to that, you did really good. <laughs> he didn't freak out too many times. <laughs> My steps app was showing I was doing about two miles between the, the <laughs> both rooms. I mean, they needed his help constantly, and he's done really, really well with that. How do you feel though? Like, I would. I'm glad that we're talking about this. I, I felt can, like I, I was going to need a new liver after those first three weeks. Of, <laughs> no, no, but I meant, I meant like being able to do the like that she was saying. Like now, like emotionally, is it like nice to? Because you're with the kids so much more, is what I'm saying. Is he's with the kids way more than he used to? I feel like you've got to recognize that that's. Yeah, yeah. Good I definitely news. realized this is a side that I never would have seen otherwise. I know as you were talking, I, w I was thinking back to my childhood. So my dad worked for a period of time out of state and we would see him every couple of months, not even weeks. It was a couple of months. And there was periods of time where money was tight and he couldn't even be home for, you know, it was like six months and he was all alone. And so I think I'll, I, I know myself, I really resonated with what you're saying. I was thinking back to my parents' journey in corporate America, my mom being the primary caretaker at home, my dad being the primary breadwinner. And I knew that I didn't know how and I didn't know when, but I knew that I didn't want that life for me. For a while, I was going down that path because that was what I knew and that's what was presented to me. But I love the story that you've told us today is that you know, you can do something different with your lives. You can focus on your family and going on those luxurious uh, fishing trips and, and, and vacations and beautiful wine dates. And, you know, not in 2020, of course. Sorry, you're going to have to wait a year or two for that one. But eventually we, we will get there and you will get we there. We've got to build up to that right now. Anyway. Right. So you're building up to that, but, but eventually we'll get there. And I think it's a beautiful story of how your professional lives have intersected but now also completely swapped but one thing that has been consistent throughout your story is just the rock solid relationship that you two have and and Brittany always being supportive of Ryan's career and always defending him and always understanding you know not blaming him for the tough decisions that he had to make because of his career but instead supporting him, being there for him, being his rock at home, taking care of the kids, which I imagine is, is tough as being, you know, a quote unquote single mom. You're not really single, but you're single for the period of time that Ryan's not there. And that's really tough. Right. I want to ask a question. We used to ask this all the time and then I don't know what happened. We kind of forgot about it, but it's a real, I think this would be a really nice way to start to, to, to kind of wrap us up here. Brittany, what is something that Ryan does that shows to you that he puts your relationship first. What? <laughs> this is couples therapy. Crap. That shows that he prioritizes our relationship. That something that he does. It could be an action. It could be a, a thing he says. It could be a little, you know, whatever it is that, that, that lets you know, oh, okay. Ryan is thinking I'm his number one. He's putting me first. I mean, honestly, it's, 
it's everything. It's all the little things. I can tell, for example, whenever we have time alone, which I think we are going to tonight, the kids are going to the grandparents, that he he kind of transitions. I've told him this before. He kind of transitions into a little bit more of my husband, Ryan, which I think we'll probably all naturally do that if we have alone time. And I can just I can just feel it and I can feel the excitement and we both get excited to have those moments. But it's also not just the time we get alone. It's like now I'm going to get real mushy, but the way that he actually looks at me a lot of times there, it's nobody else looks at me like that. Nobody, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and it's, you know, and I, I literally feel it. So that's what I mean by the small things. I mean, every single day, I really do feel it from him, the way he looks at me, the way that he, you know, hugs me, the way that we, when we are getting to have a date night, the way that it's super fun and we truly enjoy it and want to be there still after all these years. And even when the kids are around, you know, (laughs) I still feel it, but he definitely, he definitely makes me feel loved. Let's say almost every day. (laughs) All right, Ryan, I'm going to ask you a similar question. Now that, you know, you're transitioning into being a business owner and you're working alongside your wife and with your wife in in a joint business together, what does Brittany do to show you that she supports you in your new career move? (laughs) I want to say that it's, it's really her track record and the things that she says right now. I read a book one time, audio book. I didn't read anything. I was driving. But... (laughs) A a guy said one time, and you may have heard this, people may have heard it before, but she would shine so bright that it allowed me to go further into the darkness. The brighter she shined at home, the, the more I felt secure with what I was doing away from her. There were too many times that I would get back to a project after like a long Easter weekend or something, and some guy would come with like his heart in his hands and like, man, I got home and there wasn't anything but chandeliers hanging in the house, you know? So it's really her track record that she has stuck with me this whole time. And day to day, she tells me, I don't care what you do. I don't care if you want to do this, this, or this, but I want you to be happy while you do it. You deserve this. You've worked for this. You, you are, doing (laughs) do what makes you happy you you earn this so the fact that she's done this for me and now she's taking the reins on kind of bringing home the bacon basically and cultivating what we're doing with our next step in our process is that's that's really what she shows me on a day-to-day basis oh my god I almost started crying is that two minutes can I talk Very nice. Well, that's a, I think that's a good transition to one of the next things we always like to ask, which is what's the next big project? What are you guys working on? Personal business, either or both? Well, personal, I really think we're in a state of really genuinely trying to enjoy this new way of life we have, right? And really enjoying the kids. We One thing that Ryan and I have always been good at is recognizing that our kids are they're you know they're only little for a little time and really cherishing that i mean for the most part the best you can right we all we all screw that up sometimes but we're pretty good at that honestly so really trying to just cherish those moments at home but business wise 
it's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 seriously laying a lot of groundwork down for right, and that and that's what you have to do. But we're like the wine business is is something that Ryan's really taken the lead on, and we both love wine, so it makes sense. I think my next process in that, and the next plan for that is probably shoot for a W set license or certification, and yeah. start going down that path to get deeper and deeper into wine as being a business right. he's, he's the wine nerd so he wants to know how it all works <laughs> can you tell us what is that certification all about i'm not familiar with that it's the wine and spirit education trust i don't i do not aspire to be one of those people that you can stick a blindfold on and be like <laughs> 1986 um, picking up hints of lemon and you know stuff like that i don't right. i don't necessarily want to be that path or go down that road right. but um i do know i want longer arms to reach into the wine industry and right. bring it back here. We have several ideas of what that looks like here in a few years. Yeah, hopefully just more growth when it comes to that. But we're starting at the level we're starting, which is a work at home situation where you're essentially a wine rep, really. And it's just spreading the word of, of the wine. And it's it's a wonderful thing also because we talked about earlier employing people or helping families and stuff. And that's exactly what that does because a lot of people that do that kind of business are doing it on the side while they're raising children. And it's really cool to know that you could help you know, somebody else do that as well. But I think that it's really just laying that foundation for that business is a really a big priority right now because it is new and you know, you've got, you know how it is a new business. You got to really baby it <laughs> and really, really take care of it. And then of course, continuing to grow fun, love media, the podcast, honestly, the social sunshine podcast is one of the best things I've ever done. And I hope that you guys are feeling, I don't know how, how y'all are feeling about yours so far. I'm sure you're loving it. It's literally one of the best things I've ever done. And I hope that I can do it for a gazillion years. So continue to grow the show as well. Because again, what does it do? It helps us reach a lot of people and help a lot of people at once, you know. So if you had to pick just one thing, what advice would you give to other couples looking to start a business together? Well, I mean, gosh, that's tough. Because I, I don't think that everybody should right? It's no. not, it's not for everybody. So that's just, the, that's just the truth of the matter. And I really do think you have to like, I feel like we, you have to choose like your lane. You, you have to like, there has to be an agreement ahead of time. What are your responsibilities? What are mine? And let's trust each other to handle each other's responsibilities. Like for me being a social media person, like when he posts something on social media and like, it's not exactly the way I would have done it. I'm like, oh, okay, pretty brave give him it's his social media Brittany quit trying to control it and it's it's hard you guys it's hard but you do have to do that you have to know like you have to trust that he's going to be able to handle his responsibilities I'm going to be able to handle mine so and so basically have a rough cut business plan and make sure you can both stay with inside yeah and, and even if you you know and I'm not I'm, I'm also like sometimes I fly by the seat of my pants so even if you don't have a huge plan it's really about knowing who's responsible for what right. and trusting each other to do that and when you have the discussions being sensitive to each other's uh to the situation right you got to be able to talk business but you also are a couple and you really need to consider each other's feelings even more so than maybe somebody else. And I don't always do that. Honestly, I'm always, I'm always real business. So I'm like, no, this is the way you do this. Da, da, da. And I have to rein it in and remember, remember to be more sensitive because I'm speaking to my husband. This is, you know, I can't tell you, <laughs> screw you and then go get in the truck and leave, you know, so go to the house. So. Yeah. Got to trust each other to handle, handle our responsibilities and then come together as a force. 
got to be able to get along. That's, that's, that's a major part of it. Well, that's true in business and in pleasure. So you got to get along. Guys, this has been such a fun episode. We love talking to you. I think this episode is going to really impact a lot of people and, and especially the last bit where you guys shared some real knowledge about what it takes to do it together. I think that, that was brilliant. So thank you guys so much. We wish you the best of luck. And we raise our wine glasses to you both for this new exciting venture that you're going down together. Well, that was a fascinating conversation. We love talking to couplepreneurs who have built successful businesses. And one of the keys to a successful business is effective marketing. Luckily, Gabby and I run a B2B digital marketing agency called Proofpoint Marketing. Our team specializes in driving profitable revenue for technology and manufacturing companies by diving deep into customer insights. We really strive to understand the customer. We build out the ideal customer profile and personas. And using that, we create highly targeted demand generation and performance marketing campaigns. We are offering a free consultation for our listeners. This isn't just a sales call, and it isn't us simply giving you a canned automated audit report. We are going to do our due diligence prior to the call. The plan is to talk about real marketing issues your organization is facing and discuss potential solutions. Head on over to proofpoint.marketing and get in touch. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mixing Business with Pleasure. We hope you'll join us next week as we feature another pair of co-founders who are also lovers and are proving that business and pleasure really do mix well together. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.